from the booth that pops, it's time for the Riverdale Review! Welcome back, pals, to another episode of the Riverdale Review. We're here in the booth for the first time with the gang all here. Uh, I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, here with Marco and Kale of the Comics Pals. How are we doing this week, boys? I don't know what I just watched. <laughs> uh, uh, you Riverdale, watched Riverdale. an amazingly entertaining hour of television, is what you did So watch. as we were watching it, you, you texted our group and you said, this episode has me shook. I I feel that to my to my core. I feel that. <laughs> I like and on multiple occasions, you know, on multiple occasions yeah. did I have shook yeah. moments. Yeah. Um All right, so just real quick, this is the Riverdale Review. It's our weekly Riverdale review show, as I'm sure you can tell from the title, and I will keep telling that joke until I get tired of it. Oh, God, I hope it's soon. (laughs) Uh, Probably. We're getting there. Um, So we always kick the show off with our spoiler-free review, which we kind of already just started there, so let's let's do that. Uh, Any more spoiler-free thoughts, you guys, on this episode besides the intense shaking that we all received there was a lack of fan service this episode i just want to point that out do you think i disagree they, like really they like they teased it a couple times but we didn't get like hardcore fan service like we've gotten in the past yeah i don't think what i'm calling fan service is what you're calling fan service that yeah okay yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you on this one kale i think uh <laughs> i think veronica's sexy librarian look that that was fan service. I think everything about Veronica in this episode was specifically <laughs> Kale and Pete fan service. That's all I have to say. This season, I think, has been Kale and Pete fan service. Dude, the crush is so real. She's um she's a bad bitch. I mm, I don't I don't like how she's sort of been the focus over Betty. I feel like I feel like the <laughs> the it's it's I think it shifted just a bit this season. Not much, because Betty does still have interesting stuff going on, but I, I think it's shifted just a bit. I think you're right, but I think this episode is shifting everything quite a yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what I, I, I was also tweeting my reactions to a friend, and uh, so on the on the topic of the sexy librarian, so what I texted was... Um, Veronica in her bed in the scene with her mom makes her look like a sexy librarian. And because this friend is younger than me, I said, hang on. I mean, like, I mean the sexy librarian thing in like a gross CW way. Like, this is a teenager. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I said, I said, God, Archie, at least four times this episode. <laughs> Yeah, um, Archie has found himself in some, let's say, interesting places this episode. Predicaments. And uh, your mileage may vary on how that look is on him, but... uh... Archie, you shit. (laughs) I don't know, I'm digging Archie. Like, I like his... I like where he's going. I like his, like his, his, his story arc right now. It's, it, it's, it speaks to me as, because... I as wasn't a, the young as a, angsty teen. As a, as a young white, as a young white male, it really, really yeah, speaks as, to as, you. As, as, a, as a young, as a young white male, it really speaks to me. You know, um, heterosexual white male. Up on the up on the north side of the tracks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, Marco. I really like where his uh, story has been this, going this season, and I think like. <laughs> 
the fact that he was so like to borrow uh, a word that Jughead used this episode, milk toast in the first season. <laughs> the places that he's being pushed um, have been really exciting. I think this season because it's like, uh, without getting into too many spoilers, right? Like he's so unpredictable right now that like it's been fun to see what he does yeah i I, and uh i was gonna say i agree i think the the dichotomy between this season and last season even just this early in is so like enormous they're so enormously Mm -hmm. different yeah and like in a great way Mm -hmm. because like it's not that it's better it's just different like the first season was like a a noir kind of like murder mystery and this feels like a horror story with like you know Archie playing like fucking broke ass Frank Castle basically <laughs> um and like I'm into it there's more stakes I feel like and that's what's making it that's what's making these characters sort of react and and act the way that they are uh specifically yeah. Archie for him he has the most stake in this um and Nope, never mind. That was a, that was a, is that a spoiler? Mm, Not really. And maybe Betty. Let's let's yeah. I, I say let's cap it. Okay, here, okay, okay. Right, yeah. like I think those are good. Right? Does anybody have any other spoiler? Like we like the episode, obviously. Right? This was a great one. We we're excited about it. Uh, you should go check it out. Mm-hmm. Any other spoiler-free thoughts before we get into the meat of it? Uh, I'm just checking. Let me read some more tweets. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, just <laughs> double checking. Uh. Hiram's a smug shit. <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, it's legit. All right, so that's gonna take us into our spoiler full discussion of the episode. So if you haven't seen it yet, um, now's your chance to bounce out. We'll see you next week. Uh, or you know, if you don't care about spoilers, whatever, stick around. Um, let, let's dive right into it. You know, um, I think you know, let's let's start with the beginning, which is a novel way to do this. So. You know, Jughead's narration opens the episode as, as it does every time, and um, you know we're 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 really finally kind of dealing with you know the reality of this kind of like serial killer situation, right? Like, I feel like it's it's a thing that has been looming over the town, but there's been up until now people have been willing to say that maybe these things aren't connected, you know, maybe. These are different, you know, just different crimes, right? This isn't this isn't um, a pattern here. This isn't this this isn't somebody attacking Riverdale. Mm-hmm. And this episode, everyone has come to terms with the fact that that is no longer the truth, right? There is a, a clear shift in the perspective of what's going on, um, even from the beginning of the episode, right? Jughead says, "Everyone else is afraid to say it, so let me be the first. There is a serial killer amongst us." And and I think to your point, I think it's shifted for the audience because of the way that they've sort of been they they they, they threw us off, right? From episode one, they they threw us off. We, um, along with everybody else, thought that the story or or that the serial killer was uh, was a uh, uh, surrounding Archie. But so now we're realizing that the shift is is moving away from Archie and into Betty, and that's something that I don't think any of us saw coming. And I think it speaks to your point where they, the t- the town is changing and like the story is changing, 
and and we're just interested to see where it goes. Yeah, and I I think that's a great point, Marco, because I think one of the things that we've said on every episode of this show, right, is that we've all believed that the killer was going to be someone that we didn't really have a connection to and that we'd be disappointed by. And now we see that this killer has a connection to Betty, even if we don't Mm -hmm. know what that connection is. And I feel like because there's now a more personal stake for us, other than the fact that this person is maybe targeting Mm -hmm. Archie, right? Uh, it's, it's far more personal now because of the things that we saw this episode and because of like how close and intimately he seems to know her. I think, uh, I think the, uh, the, the Jughead's narration this time, uh, felt, it was, it was, it was more refreshing to me this time. I don't know if it's that, uh, you know, it's been, it feels like it's been a minute since I watched an episode. I mean, it was just last week, but I, I really felt more engaged when uh, Jughead started talking this episode uh, in the narration. I think it was more apt. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I I would agree. I think it's it's um both times that narration is used in this episode are all times because there's not only his voiceover, but when Alice's speech is used as voiceover, I think it's used really effectively to kind of show like where Riverdale is at as a whole you know like what the atmosphere of the town is right like people in the town are afraid and they're not only afraid of of the black mask they're afraid of archie you know like like this video has intensified this atmosphere of fear and then as jughead says in the narration that like the fucking flames are being fanned by alice so like it this is a very volatile situation So, um, like we tease in the spoiler, uh, free section, you know, Archie is basically working on becoming the fucking mm-hmm. Punisher of Riverdale right now. Um, and mm. the town's like not about it, right? Like the librarian, uh, points out that she's more concerned about this nasty video than about the serial killer. Old right? people like, and their bad um, priorities. <laughs> the young people are ruining the town. It, it Maybe it's what Olivia said, gentrification. Oh my god, gentrification is the overall <laughs> theme of Riverdale, apparently. So, <laughs> um, but you know, so Hermione, uh, I think, is particularly concerned about what's going on here, probably rightfully so. Um, and she confronts Veronica a few times in this episode about what's going on. But um, you know, in in the beginning, she confronts Veronica, and you know, Hiram backs her up, which confirms my belief from last episode, at least in my mind, that you know. Um, this was an elaborate scheme on his part to capitalize on this chaos and drive a wedge between yeah. Archie yeah, and Veronica. I agree. I think it's larger than that. Oh, I'm sure it's larger than that. But I, th- I think that was a clear byproduct. Mm-hmm. You know, like he saw how he could fit that into his larger mm-hmm. scheme is that, hey, I can leverage Archie and these kids to create more chaos. <laughs> he literally says, you know, he's pretty, seems pretty happy about yeah, how yeah. in chaos everything is. You know, even after um, even after he denies it and Veronica walks off, he has his smug, you know, his smug grin that his plan worked. Right. Yeah. Like he he clearly has skin in this game beyond that. But I think, you know, he was also seeing how he could leverage Archie while also getting him away from Veronica because he doesn't want them together. Clearly. Um, so, you know, Veronica obviously resists, but, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how 
their relationship fares under all this newfound pressure that it keeps finding itself under. Um, that being said, I think the way that her relationship is going with her parents maybe um, is going to be a way to secure their relationship moving forward because, um, you know, I think like there's a clear problem that Archie's like lying to her, right? Like that's what is her whole problem with her father and her mother that she doesn't want to be lied to. She wants someone to be honest with her. And I think him lying is going to be the thing that breaks them apart because she showed this episode that she was totally willing to be this ride or die, you know, crime, (laughs) crime Lord girlfriend, just like her mother and not crime Lord, I guess, but instead it's, you know, to be run a terrorist organization or a vigilante fucking squad where he's waving guns around and stuff, you know? Um, so I don't know. Where do, where do you guys think their relationship stands? I, think, I mean, I think for me, by the end of the episode, like all of the the lies have been found out, right? Like he was hiding the gun. He was, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She confronts him about the video in the beginning, and he calls out Hiram, which kind of sets in motion their conversation later, where you know she realizes that her father is still lying to her. He's still keeping her at an arm's length. And I think that's, you know, the thing that does yeah, really yeah. send her into our So I think, arms. I mean, I think similar even to Betty and Kevin this episode, I think it'll just be an episode by episode thing. Something will happen and, or even Jughead and Betty, yeah. something will happen and we'll go, oh no, what's going to happen? And sure. they'll reveal it and they'll talk about it. Like, honestly, like mature, you know, people mm-hmm. and it'll be fine. <laughs> it's interesting how a lot of the conflict does really get resolved through just like meaningful growth for the characters yeah. like yeah you know yeah. you really hurt me it's, it's like yeah honestly right, as sorry. much <laughs> as, as much, like, trash as it is like the show that part of it is really refreshing mm-hmm. there's a lot there's a lot the show does real well i think with stuff like that yeah i uh i i i'd had thought that or like in this episode specifically um when with all the lies and the way that veronica handles it i thought that it was upon seeing it for the first time i was like oh like they're treating this character as you know she'll always appease archie and like whatever he's gonna be doing like she'll just have to be okay with it but like as the episode progresses and like as you see um her lie about like the gun and then like these are all steps that are taken to protect archie uh and it's it's a it, for me i feel like veronica is the most mature character because of the way that she handles these situations and the way that even when she is shut out she still has the um she's still collected enough to be hey like this is unfair let's talk about this rope me back in um like i i want to be a part of you because I care about you, but also because like this is the character growth, like just like you said, Pete. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the way that we've seen her grow has also been very true to her character. Mm-hmm. It's not like she's changed who she is. It's that she's stopped being. She stopped using the way she is in selfish ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that like. She's become a more altruistic person, and she's more open to caring about people. Um, not that she's become less 
fierce or even less controlling, you know, because she is getting boxed out and is the naive girlfriend for a little bit. And then she realizes what's going on and absolutely takes control of the yeah. situation yeah. in every opportunity, you know, like it, 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 I love how it seemed like we were getting this really typical narrative of her father is lying to her and she runs into the arms of her boyfriend who's also fucking lying to her. Right. Um, and I love she has that line where she says, you know, oh, Archie, it's adorable when you underestimate me. Come, come. Right. And then come, she come. reveals that she's made T-shirts for his fucking vigilante organization. Yeah. Mobili- <laughs> Mobilize the whole River Vixens for T-shirt distribution. Yeah, and I'm and I'm just ho- like, holy shit! Like, what what an amazing like power play, right? Like, she goes and another amazing line from her: "The Red Circle is no longer a fringe band of radicals; it's a movement with style and panache." <laughs> it's like what a Veronica way to like classic. Yeah, you know what? Like, it's fine. You're gonna have a terrorist organization. It's got to have good branding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What am I always telling you guys? It's all about good branding. You gotta. Yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna do it. You gotta have style. Pinoche. <laughs> but I, I, I love it. Like you know, um, I think my, you know, I'm sorry to just keep quoting her, but she had so many lines this episode that blew me away. My favorite one, um, where I really. It, it showed me the turn that we were getting that made me believe um, that their relationship was going to be all right was when she basically calls him out on on keeping her in the dark, right? And he is kind of saying he wants to keep her at an arm's length or whatever, you know, to whatever. It's like this very typical thing where like, oh, I don't want to get you involved or whatever. But like, you know, when he says that like it doesn't matter because the red circle's over, right? And she says, oh, well, you know, he says the guys, and she stops him, are spineless cowards, clearly. Lucky for you, I'm not. <laughs> and that's, like, the theme of this whole episode, right? Is, like, don't underestimate Veronica because she's the one who shows up with the gun. Yeah. <laughs> um. So to roll it back to, to Archie, um, you know, so we, we, we see the fallout of this video um, all throughout this episode, right? Mm-hmm. Fred confronts him pretty early on, and um, Archie kind of half-heartedly apologizes. You know, Fred obviously wants him to take the video down, but we learn that Archie's already done that. And, you know, but at this point, the nature of the internet has prevailed, and the copies are already floating around. So, you know, it's kind of out of his hands at this point. And, you know, meanwhile, Archie's learning to shoot guns and walking around the school like a badass, and everyone's, you know, kind of freaked out by him. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not a great look, frankly, you know, like, uh, it's, you know, I think Veronica calls him, um, you know, she says her parents are convinced he's like American psycho here. And it's like, (laughs) yeah. Uh, I also, just like when, uh, the first time that the principal like confronts him, um, in his office and he, you know, he reads him like the. You know, his line from the the, the video, which I love, yeah. just kept getting thrown in his face. You know how this sounds, right? Right? Like, you hear what you said. <laughs> uh, he just, Archie has just the, the most smug, just, <laughs> yeah. well, I know better than you, Principal, so don't even worry. <laughs> Yo, uh, what, what was, his line was, um, <laughs> he goes, He's, it's the, a crazy time, sir. We all have to do what we think is yeah. right. Yep. 
It's uh, it's some next level stuff, man. Like his his whole attitude this episode is like ridiculous. And just after that, uh, when when he's talking to the the football players, and and it's Reggie that comes in and is like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So just to you know, the principal calls him in there, right? Because obviously, after supporting this group, he's concerned about what's fucking happening here. So he gives him the ultimatum to like publicly dissolve the group and apologize. Uh, or the football team and everyone else is involved is suspended and until they're done, mm-hmm. right? And um, he gets confronted by the group, still refuses. They all walk out, except for Dilton, who is basically like, hey, here's a fake ID and an address to this sketchy gun shop where you can basically arm yourself. I just, I have so many issues with Dilton as a yes, person. Yes, me too. Like, you were you were an Eagle Scout last season. How did this? <laughs> where was where was your heel turn? Is this what the Boy Scouts teaches? Like, oh, well, I, I don't think it's totally crazy. I feel like he's like the crazy survivalist kid, you know, and like that's why he like Man. has guns and access to all this shit. <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's really funny though that uh, he said, "Don't worry, Archie. I've got a place you can go at the edge of town." <laughs> He's that the guy. Army surplus, the army surplus store, Dilton Doily. Was that <laughs> was that so much of a a stretch that you you needed to? Oh, hey Archie, why don't you just go to the army surplus store? They get you some Kevlar, no big deal. <laughs> Cause that wouldn't sound cool, Kale. I just like there were <laughs> there were three up this whole monologue. <laughs> there were three army surplus stores in my hometown. Like, why is that such a hard? <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, so we'll we'll talk more about Archie's assault on the South Side later. But um, taking it over to what's going on with Betty, um, you know the Coopers have found out about Polly, so that's obviously more shit on Betty's plate. Um, but I feel like for you know the second time this season, I feel like a, a little bit of sympathy towards Alice. You know, where I feel like she makes a pretty a fairly legitimate point about like you know the fact that her concern is for her daughter's safety mm-hmm. right and that she's being painted as a villain for that but in the same breath it's like chill you out know, they also kind of have a pretty good reason to feel that way about you so like maybe don't play the victim <laughs> yeah yeah it it's bananas to me that they would send her off to a, a monastery in the first season and then like she's just so upset and so concerned about her safety and she didn't like like she wasn't even gonna make a compromise about polly leaving like okay please don't go to that crate you know the farm or whatever but you know you go to this monastery or whatever so i know you're safe or like maybe let's send you to grandma's house or, you know like is there not a relative she can go yeah. stay with somewhere or something like i don't know like I feel like there's a compromise there, but the fact that she doesn't get why her children don't trust her is, like, absurd. (laughs) Yeah. You know? It's like, get over yourself, Alice. Um, so... Betty gets her own letter from the Black Hood this episode, which is, um, you know... Scary. Scary, yeah. That was the first, like, shook moment for me. Mm -hmm. Uh... It was unsettling. Betty's pretty shook, too. Yeah, very unsettling, right? I mean, like, 
you know, we learn that the killer is is doing it all for her, right? Like mm. inspired by her speech from the Jubilee in season one. And, um, you know, he says that the town sinners must show their contrition or there will be more bloodshed. You know, he um, gives her this cipher, which is a major theme throughout the rest of the episode, um, to solve where the next person is going to be punished, you know, as he says. And uh, he says that this is a test for her. And, uh, you know, that informs a lot of how she behaves for the rest of this episode, right? Like, she, you know, Kevin uh, comes to her and, like, wants to kind of confront her about last week's nastiness. But, like, um, definitely seems like he's cooled off, right? Like, Yeah, that, I feel like that got kind of brushed under the rug. Yeah, and, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to bring Jeremy back on at some point and ask him how he, how he feels about that because... Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, like, I feel like for the sake of Kevin's storyline, that that's to his detriment. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, realism, based on where the characters seem to have left things at the end of the last episode, I don't yeah. feel like that's insane or out of character for him. Yeah. You know? I think I think in the, in the scope of Kevin and Betty's relationship, like, yeah, this isn't that big of a deal. Like, I think, yeah. I think Kevin is a mature enough kid that he he knows what betty did was it probably saved him he prob she probably did the right thing yeah and whether or not like he's okay with her betraying his trust in that way it is the thing of just like you know he did come to his own conclusion that he shouldn't be doing that because it is dangerous yeah you know so like it's the kind of thing where it's like yo not cool but like then he makes a joke about it immediately and it's like we're we're okay yeah so that was um that was good to to see for me because that was a concern i had i didn't want to see a wedge between them because i think um you know they've been a good mutual support system for one another. Mm. And I definitely don't want to have any reason for Kevin to not be involved in the main storylines. And Betty is his connection to the rest of the group. You know, I think it would have made for interesting drama for the rest of the um, season. But yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Ultimately this was the way to go and to, you know, the way to keep Kevin in the, in the show. Yeah, yeah, which is, I think, ultimately to the show's benefit, so I'm willing to make a concession there because it allowed him to be involved in this episode's story, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which was good. Uh, So to take it back to to the matter at hand, right, like Kevin wants to get his dad involved, but Betty's afraid that, rightfully so, right, that he'll tell her mom, her mother will stop her from getting involved and, you know, throw it on the front page and, um, you know, the note saying it's a test and that she's the only one who can solve it, you know, she kind of doesn't, she doesn't want to be taken out of the game here. Mm. And uh, the thing that surprised me is that she keeps it from everyone else, you know, is that she doesn't bring Jughead in on it um, because there has been a, a growing distance between them, right? Like that we've been talking about. And, um, you know, that kind of finally comes to... Uh, ahead this episode but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get into some of what's going on with Jughead um so Kevin had a great line in this scene that I loved where he said he's a psycho and you're in high school not the FBI (laughs) and like I feel like that sums up this entire season right is like 
why is no one bigger being called in to deal with this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a real problem here in Riverdale. Why does no one care? There's <laughs> like one cop on the job. <laughs> but it's like even from last season with uh, the serpents, like... I like I'm surely there's like a a gang division or you know a, a branch of the government that someone can come in and just be like hey hey Riverdale get your shit together what's going on you'd think but then we'd have no show so well fair <laughs> enough um so you know Betty plays her mom withholds the letter gets it to Sheriff Keller and of course the front page so then kind of the Cypher's out there, right? So it's like the whole town is kind of, well, by the whole town, the five characters we're paying attention to, are, you know, rushing to figure this out, right? Um, so taking it over to Jughead. Um, Jughead, as, as he has been this season, struggling to keep his worlds apart, you know? Uh, the Serpent Kids basically decided they want to go fuck up Archie for some new kid's initiation, and uh, he tries to redirect them onto the hood, but they're... Do you know the, what's the, what's the leader of the Serpent Kids? Do we know his name? I know he probably must have a name, but I, I don't know it. I feel like it's somebody with yeah. a J or something. I don't I don't remember. Someone someone look someone look that up for me. I don't think he's important enough to like for us to have remembered his name. No, but I want to know it because we're gonna have to reference him like five more times. Yeah. So while you're looking that up, um, this kid, right, the leader of of these Serpent Kids, uh, calls him a hero, right? You know, they see him as, oh, he's doing our job for us, right? Like, he's taking out these north side people who, um, you know, that rift between the north and south side is only becoming more and more apparent this season, right? Um, so we get, we get some more developments with, uh, with Tony's character. And, um, God, I, I hate her. What? I'm <laughs> Man, I like her. She's feisty. She's a character I would like under any other circumstances. But like, I'm not a fan of all the shade she's thrown at Betty. Oh my god! When she said, <laughs> when she said, "Loosen up your ponytail." Oh, I and I, I love that there was like a silence, and it was funny because I was watching it. So I, I I watch it um while I'm in the shower sometimes, like like because I have to like catch up. Um, and sure. uh, so she they, she said that, and like I pulled the curtain, and I'm just like, what? What's gonna? Huh? Huh? <laughs> and I, and it, was like, it was like that split second of a pause, like. Whoa, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and like, Kevin gets my favorite line that he's ever had, where he's like, Betty's ponytail is iconic and beyond reproach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, I yes. love that because it was, it was like such, a, a, yes, absolutely true. B, like, such a appropriate moment because like, I love how like, it happens and Jughead like reacts to it. Like he's like shocked by it. And then like Kevin's joke, like cuts the tension, you know? And it's just kind of like, okay, like <laughs> we're, we're easing back here for a second, but then like, it just happens like, right. Like again, right. Like they get back to work and then she just goes out of her way to start fucking trouble again, you know? And it's just like, fuck her, man. Uh, I'm like, so not about it. Like she, you know, like fucking, just throws more shade at her and, like, throws Jug under the bus about, like, lying about sitting with the serpents and, you know, like, ah, I'm not, like, I know she needs to exist to do this, but, like, bitch. I, I feel, I feel like the ponytail comment was more of her just, 
sarcastic and sort of biting personality especially the way they just kind of played it off mm-hmm. but then then i think going into the the north versus south side argument that kind of turned it for me yeah i don't i don't know man that's like one of those things where like maybe i'm just like projecting like sexist things but i'm like that feels like such a like that feels like such a girl dig you know just being like you know just like commenting about something that you like like oh yeah you always have that ponytail because you're so like uptight and straight laced and she's like made comments about that before you know like she made a comment when she meets betty like oh you're not what i, what I was expecting and it's like there's definitely like an air of judgment mm-hmm. you know i mean to be fair i think it it goes the other way like betty's no angel as much as she she is to me <laughs> that's that's fair but like i think the difference is like i think betty is trying to play ball with yeah. tony yeah you know like she's clearly jealous of their relationship but she's like let's all work together like she's not like i want you to stop hanging out with her like whatever it's not like she's trying to accept their friendship and get to know her and like tony doesn't want any part of it mm-hmm. yeah you know like she's definitely giving her nothing but grief yeah that i was, I was gonna bring that up like when when she came in um, I think like the second time and it was just like them two alone and she goes and like, oh what are you guys doing and she was like trying to like hold it and be like like I'm okay with this this is fine like it's whatever Um, speaks to again the show trying to make these characters act maturely Um, and so it, I, I just like that instance again where it's like I, I got to see that Um, like people are handling it in aren't the show isn't making drama out of like those little moments is making them out of like the larger story and it's treating these smaller moments as like more ancillary and just like all right we can get through this and this is how we should be getting through it like it's fine yeah i really appreciate that about it yeah yeah i want to use this as an opportunity to talk about like where the status of of betty and jughead's relationship is similarly to what we did with um you know archie and veronica because i think that was a common theme this episode right of tension in these two relationships mm-hmm. and no go ahead what i was, was just, I, I was just gonna uh go ahead and answer the question i think i think they're gonna get pushed apart it yeah. really seems like they're they're not gonna last mm-hmm. and if we go by sort of our predictions from season one i think this will this will be sort of like the start of the end of Bughead and the beginning of an Archie Betty affair. I don't think so. I not not to the second part. I wouldn't be surprised if it ended if the uh, the the season break ended with something happening, and then the next half of the season deals with it. I, I won't say that it's impossible that you're right, but I, f- I don't know that I agree about the second part of your statement. Yeah. I agree about um, the two of them getting pushed apart. I don't know that Archie and Veronica will break up at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't say they'd break up. That's true. That's true. I, I, called it, I called it an affair. So don't put words in my mouth, bitch. <laughs> That's affair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think that, like... Archie doesn't have that kind of character, I don't think. And so, well, I dude slept with a teacher. Like, I think he totally does. Cheater. He was like in love with her. I think he does. (laughs) I don't know, dude. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he'll do it maliciously. 
it'll but just be I a, think he'll, anything it happens. It'll, it'll yeah. be like a drunken one night stand kind of thing. Yep. I can. I can see. I that. can maybe see that. Yeah, I can see that maybe, but I don't know. Certainly not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah. 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 This episode kind of capitalized on that growing distance, right? Like Betty doesn't share the letter with Jughead. And, you know, they continue to kind of, like, not deal with their problems, you know? Like, there's still clearly love and care there, but they're not on the same page in the way they were in season one, right? They're not a unit right now in the way that we see Archie and Veronica becoming one this episode. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of... Uh, there's Their relationships are almost in a mirror image place, right? Like, and I feel like they've always kind of been that way. Like bughead is you know their relationship is treated very tenderly it's about romance right and up until now i feel like archie and veronica's has been about heat it's been about lust Mm. and i think we're starting to see that shift right that i think that veronica and archie's relationship is actually growing and they're growing together through this uh this tragedy and also through supporting each other through their individual issues right now Whereas, um, you know, Jughead and Betty are definitely being driven apart by literal, like, physical distance as well as emotional distance. Mm. Distance. You know, we get to later in the episode and Jughead finds the note. You know, Betty leaves in a, uh, they, they, you know, they, she falls asleep at his place and leaves in the morning because obviously that's, you know, she's going to get in trouble. She's in high school. Her mom's obviously worried about her being out all night when there's a serial killer on the loose. Um, but he confronts her about her dishonesty, right? She calls him out on being distant, which is true, but is also her kind of trying to dodge what's really going on, right? Like, he calls her out on the fact that there is more to it than that, that they are having problems in their relationship right now, but the fact that she's withholding this kind of information from him is more significant than that. And she admits that she hasn't been honest because she feels guilty and thinks that Archie's going to blame her for what happened to Fred, which I thought was interesting because I had the thought this episode. I was like, I feel like it's been so long since Archie and Betty have had Mm. a storyline where they've been really interacting with each other. Mm. And I wonder if that that this is supposed to be the uh, response to that, you know, that like she is kind of avoiding him. Well, and and I think uh, I think part of that really speaks well to like this portrayal of Betty's sort of like ongoing mental like anxiety is that like you know she is terrified about how Archie's going to react towards something instead of like worrying about that thing itself. Sure. Um, and and like you can kind of tell like that like those are signs of like uh emotional abuse you know from like you know her family and um i think that's uh another really good like portrayal of that situation yeah and i think like the show is definitely like again like we love to we love to throw around the term that it's like trashy tv right and it certainly is and that's part of its charm but i think it does a surprisingly good job of of presenting um relationship dynamics and family dynamics like that at times you know and and that's i think one of those examples for sure um so later on in the episode you know uh archie takes his mission to the south side and starts spray painting red circles all over town which obviously that's not gonna get a rise out of anyone idiot (laughs) 
So he he runs into Jughead's school frenemies and uh, uh, gets in. Sweet Pea is that guy's name. Sweet, Sweet Pea. Pea. Is it really? There we go. All right. Yep, sure is. Huh. All right. Um. So he runs into Sweet Pea and pals and uh, gets into a conflict with them where he straight up pulls a gun on someone. Um. In, they brought a knife to a gunfight. God, Archie. <laughs> Granted, they pulled the knife on him first, but man, he goes like. From zero to eleven, like it gets, ve- it's. I love like it was shot very much like a horror scene too, right? Like after the, the fact when he's like having the anxiety, like the the way that the camera was angled on him and the music that was playing was like very huh. horror and kind of like tense. You know, like I, I thought it seemed like very. Um, I I do remember thinking like that that moment felt very like closed in like not yeah not necessarily claustrophobic but like a lot was happening at once and it was in your face yeah it's like you could definitely like feel the dread that he had had in that moment right that fear of just like oh my god you know like that was a obviously a very intense situation yeah um so then the next day he gets pulled out of class because there's a report about what happened, and obviously you can't be throwing up YouTube videos and starting terrorist organizations and not get called out on this shit. So, well, you know, at, at this point, it's like Keller at least has him on, you know, uh, graffiti, you know, defacing public <laughs> property or whatever. Like, sure, at the very least, yeah. If you can prove it's him, right? Because. Archie says, oh, no, I was at home. I was working on songs, which, like, man, when's the last time you played music? <laughs> um, but uh, thankfully, you know, I guess that he's smarter than to keep it there. Um, but, like, my question, Mark, I was wondering if you noticed this. Why the fuck did he have drumsticks in his locker? He doesn't play drums. Did he really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> huh. I don't know. I didn't I guess... notice. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice. Uh, and then, you know, I also had the thought of just, like, why did he have the hood that... That Reggie... That, yeah, that really threw me for for a second. I was just like, oh my god, the hood! <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, why does he have it in his locker? Yeah, it was, it was kind of random placing. Uh, was... Like, it happened at his house. Yeah, he, he had to, he had to, like, take it. Put it in his bag, walking home, like walking to school, throw it in his locker, and like he just has to like stare at it every time he opens it. Like, why? I I wonder if that was why. Actually, I actually hadn't thought about that. Like maybe it was there as like a, a reminder, like motivation. Yeah, to like have it staring in his face every time he opens the locker. That seems like a thing he would do in this. In this, I hadn't thought about it that way. But now that you say that, that kind of makes sense. And he could just leave it at home every time he gets home. Like he's he's he'll stare at it or something. Like I I just don't know why he, he would have it. In, in general, yeah. period. Yeah. Yeah, it seems weird. Like, yeah, like him having Reggie's hood is not gonna help anything. Like, yeah. Um. So then, you know, he he ends up getting taken out of school, obviously. And, uh, you know, he has a conversation with his father where he says that he's more afraid of him than the hood right now because he's acting so erratically, mm-hmm. you know, that he is doing this, like, really insane shit. And uh, I kind of can't blame him. You know, like, I get, I get where he's coming from right now. Like, I, I totally, that's, I can imagine, like, the, the fear that he must be dealing with right now. I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, yeah, Archie's being kind of an asshole, but, like, it's also, 
I also felt like that was one of those passive aggressive parent things that's just like I don't even know who you are anymore. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. So like you're right. But when your son is making terrorist videos and getting kicked out of school for being yeah. accused of waving a gun around <laughs> and doing graffiti, like gang graffiti, Kale's, like Kale's still like, yeah, I guess, but like, that, <laughs> that's like a real escalation from Milk Toast Archie last season who plays sweet guitar at the fucking school dance and he fucking plays on the football team. No, like this is real. Like he's a vigilante right now. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, still whipping people. Shit has escalated, Kale. <laughs> I don't know who Archie is anymore. <laughs> I can only imagine how his poor father feels. Uh, we know, we still know who Archie is. He's an asshole. That's... <laughs> That's that part's holding strong. Poor Mr. You're Andrews. You're a hater ass hater. <laughs> yeah, poor Mr. Andrews. Hasn't he been through enough? Yeah. For real. Luke Perry needs a vacation. <laughs> um, so you know, again, I think Hermione is like again rightfully concerned about Archie's behavior and uh confronts Veronica. And I was kind of surprised to see how in the dark she was at this point in the episode. But as we kind of teased earlier, like, that becomes a quick 180 once again very quickly. Um, But, you know, she kind of gives her this lecture about loyalty and how it's, like, this great quality, right? Like, it's the most admirable quality in the world unless it's blind loyalty. And um, I think Veronica takes that to heart and uh, for once gets some good advice from her mother for the first time in a while. Mm. Um, but yeah, right. I mean, like that is what puts her in a position to actually get involved with this and, you know, be there to stop it from escalating the way that it does. You know, granted, Archie, uh, calls her and gets her to, you know, go fetch his gun from the boys room, which not a bad hiding spot. I'll give it to Mm. him. But, uh, you know, I thought it was pretty crazy right like she's understandably upset but like she stands by him uh yeah man i don't know it's one of those things that's like this is a cw show like there's gotta be drama i get it but like for me for me like the uh her whole involvement in this is just like bananas no girl i've ever dated would they'd be like i'm sorry you're doing what i'm out okay you're saying you're saying that that just doesn't support your somewhat homicidal tendencies she doesn't know about him asshole (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying i think i think all that means is you've never dated a girl like veronica i and at like the mature adult in me is like good good. (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) like i don't i don't and Archie doesn't need someone to aid him in his ridiculous schemes. He needs someone to slap sense into him. Like, <laughs> Granted, though, she does do that by the end of the episode. You know, like, I, I do feel like that the tenor of the conversation around what's happening changes, right? Like, but again, I, I, I get where she's coming from because I think, like, all she wants out of anyone is honesty, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what she's craving is she wants an honest relationship where she has someone she can depend on and trust because she doesn't have that. And I think when Archie finally admits to her, you know, he wants to kill the Black Hood and he doesn't care what happens to him, she's able to talk some sense into him, right? She takes control of the situation and puts his feet back on the ground, 
you know, and has, you know, thrown the gun away, which we know is not true, but... Because, right, there are two guns. No, there's one. She lies about throwing the gun away. What gun? She lies, okay, she lies about throwing the one she got away. Yes. From the toilet. She went and took the one from the toilet. That's Uh Archie's gun. She lies about throwing it in the river. Uh Uh-huh. And then uses it at the fight. Right. What, which one do they throw away at the end? No, it's the same gun. That's that one. It's the same gun. That There's is only that same one gun. gun. This is all one gun. Yes. Okay. It's all the gun he bought from Dilton. Okay. Okay. Um. So after they kind of have this talk, right? Like Reggie shows up with the rest of the circles, uh, the circles, the circlers, <laughs> and um, some pizzas. And, you know, basically thanks him for not squealing. And is like, hey, man, like, you looked out for me, so we're with you. The circle's back in business. And it's like, all right, cool. Great timing, because the serpents just showed up to rumble. <laughs> Sweet peas ready to throw down. I-, I loved how Reggie made a joke about that shit, too. Like, he's like, you have the worst timing in the world, bro. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, But again, right, Veronica, like always, takes control of the situation and, you know, says, we're going to play this fair, no weapons, just like in The Outsiders. The Soches and the Greasers, we're all going to fight, it's going to be all right. I just, like, yeah, like, it's weird to me that, like, Sweet Pea didn't go, who the fuck are you? No, fuck you, I'm going to stab your boyfriend right now. (laughs) She does does say that's because she'll call the cops otherwise. So? They're serpents, like, big deal. What's, what's Sheriff to Keller gonna do? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, but to take it back to uh, what was going on with Betty, right? Like, because now we're gonna get into like the end of the episode because it's all the stories finally converge, right? So Betty has a breakthrough in the case with Jug when he compares her to a cross between Nancy Drew and the girl with the dragon tattoo, and um, that was a good one realizes that was great right like uh, i love that moment and then she realizes where she's realized these symbols from she's been talking about how she recognizes the cipher and uh it's something from her old favorite nancy drew book which to me is the most disturbing part of this episode because why does this person person know her on such an intimate level it is scary it informs uh my theory which i'm sure we're gonna talk about so i've sort of been holding on to that so Hmm. yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll get there um but yeah so i mean like i this is interesting very interesting to me and um you know so he he says i will strike where it all began right which is the town hall and coincidentally enough there's a town hall meeting tonight right and alice is there trying to basically fucking stir up the fucking She's you know trying to, entire trying to, trying to fox news the the town of Riverdale. <gasps> Whoa! Yeah, basically. Wait, how did how did he know that there was going to be a town hall in advance of the town hall? I think the meeting had been announced for a while. Had it? Like this? This was at least two or three days in, before uh, before the, before she received the. Yeah. It would have to have been because he couldn't make the cipher without knowing that the town hall existed and i don't think it was premeditated before like you know i don't think that that says anything about his identity because i get where you're coming from with that mm-hmm. but now that we're picking it apart unless like unless he's the mayor 
I don't think there's anyone close enough to the situation to have that information, you know, that far in advance unless it was public. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I, my theory says otherwise, but we can talk about that. Do you want to just talk about it now? Okay. I think. And then we can talk about the whole town hall thing. I think it's her dad. I think I said that. You've been. I think. I think I said that. that. I think I said that last episode. And this, Uh I don't think anyone else outside of someone we haven't met yet. I don't think anyone else fits or or would know uh, Betty so intimately. Yeah, I I think you're right that there's no one else that we know that fits the bill as well as him, which leads me to believe it's someone we don't know. But somebody who has a connection to Betty's past in a way that will be revealed. Yeah, because it is only episode four. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. I think at this point, like, he's the only whodunit candidate that makes any fucking sense, but yeah. I still don't think it's him. Um, But so that, that takes us to the town hall meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this entire thing kind of frames the – all these storylines finally converging, and then the fallout that's going to take us into the uh, the, you know – I guess the arc of the season, right? Like this feels like the prologue to the season is finally done and all the chips are laid out now. Um, But so, you know, she's kind of like Kale said, Fox news in it up, trying to stir the town up against the South side. Having um, her, having her Tommy Loren moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, she, she says that she thinks we should, you know, shut down the uh, South side high school to bolster the police force. Um, you know, as she's talking about the violence that comes from that area, we see the kids kind of squaring up for their fight as Veronica sits at home like a boxer's wife. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, Fred tries to kind of temper the crowd by pointing out that Alice is the one holding the cleaver, as always, right? Um, and, uh, you know, Archie cold clocks Sweet Pea and the brawl begins. That was such a good punch. That was a good, that was a good right arm. Dude, he like hit the floor, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that slow shot. He's like off his feet diagonal. I was like, oh damn! <laughs> like he fucked him up. I mean, <laughs> think think about how beefy Archie is. There's no way that dude doesn't have a solid right hook. Like, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my uh, my favorite part is that like the cut back while they're interspersing like Alice's dialogue about this over it, right? Like when Fred disagrees with her, she's like, you know, say what. Say what you will about your son, but at least he's out there throwing elbows. And I was like, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Alice throwing her support behind Archie's fucking vigilante group is the most unexpected thing to happen to Riverdale ever in my <laughs> mind. I paused the episode and laughed out loud. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the guy you were criticizing for playing rock and roll in season one. And now you're like, well, at least he's doing something about it. <laughs> he was shook. I was, again, <laughs> totally shook, but in a good way this time. <laughs> um, but then, you know, Betty and Jug get there in time to warn people, but, you know, there's a little bit of friction. They don't really listen. The power gets cut. You know, the fight's raging on, and um, the circle is kind of seeming to emerge as winners here. So, like, one of the servants pulls a knife, and uh, Archie tries to warn Dilton, but gets fucking kicked in the head by Sweet Pea. So, you know, 
Veronica shows up and stops the fight with the gun, which, you know, obviously didn't get thrown away. But uh, Dilton gets stabbed. And obviously that's going to have fallout from this. You know, like, he has a story prepared about how he got jumped and for no reason, and it's from the South Side, and that's obviously going to play into these fears that Alice is, is laying, right? Um, so that's that's going to go well, I guess. <laughs> well, it's going to go. So I, I rewatched that scene, and there is no point where he actually, like, gets stabbed. He, like, starts to pull out a knife, but there's no actual, like, stab scene he just starts limping out it's because we're watching the fight from our archie's perspective and he gets his bell rung but there was like, like but there was like no one on him like there was no one on, on dilton like and, and from what i saw it looked like dilton was taking out the knife no no it was one of the serpents was it yeah he, he was he was in a jacket okay then yeah one of the serpents pulled out a switchblade and uh and, and yeah, and Dilton, I guess he was fighting Dilton because he yells Dilton and then like gets hit in the head, hits the ground and gets kicked in the you know stomach. And then I think in the head again. And then um, and then when he comes to it's after the shot has been made. And I guess we're led to believe that Dilton was stabbed in that in between time. OK, because I think it was like it had like a very like, you know, war kind of vibe. You know, like it was shot like a like a. Like a like a war scene, yeah. you know, where it's like there's there's the the confusion of the battle, and then like I said, he gets his bell rung, right, right, right. you know, and then it's kind of just like fuck, like yeah, you know, and it's all hazy until the gun gets yeah, fired, yeah, yeah. which is you yeah. know pretty pretty classic. <laughs> so then we kind of have the fallout from all these moments, right? That are going to set us up into the episodes to come, at the very least. Uh, so Betty finally reveals the note to everyone, so all the cards are all on the table now. Everyone knows. What happened? So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, Veronica patches up Archie, and you know he finally really gives her some credit and thanks her for for saving Dilton and and him. You know, and you know he uh, acknowledges that you know she apologizes for lying about the gun, but he you know is like, you're right that I am thankful because I if I had it, I think I might have done something I would regret. You know, I might have used it, and. Uh, you know, he, that's something he can't come back from. And I feel like, you know, he, he has this moment of like this whole night was so crazy and it's all gotten so out of hand. And I feel like maybe he's really finally realizing what's kind of going on here. You know, that, that this isn't, uh, an appropriate way to deal with what happened to his father. Maybe. I'm skeptical. You're always skeptical about Archie, man. He Where... threw the gun away. So? We saw him hanging out with a baseball bat in the first episode like it <laughs> if that hood comes around again he's gonna kill that guy like i mean as long as he doesn't use a gun that's fine we all say that's fine when batman does it right batman doesn't kill yeah but batman doesn't kill either. batman doesn't kill on screen that's what i'm saying <laughs> i don't think archie will either right veronica veronica says like she she reaffirms his goodness she says you're not a killer i don't know I don't know. You're a hater ass hater. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and um, sip on my hater aid because That's okay. That's okay. But to take it back to um you know the the kind of romance of the situation I wanted to highlight because I think this is uh you know the like I said earlier, I think this is the first time that they're you know, a uh, a sexual moment between them is shown to be romantic, uh, versus like lust filled, you know? Like 
Fred catches them in this very like tender moment and you know kind of like lets them have it, which I thought was really sweet. I, but um, I man, like I have so many problems with that. Like one, how is this house laid out? He was not walking up those stairs, not listening to what they were saying. He was not walking down those stairs, not listening to what they were saying. Why didn't he go, yo, dude, Archie, what the fuck? What? Why are you so beat up? What the hell happened? CW show, it's fine. <laughs> Just like that bothers me so much. Oh, well, you know, I, I feel like it's a conversation they'll have later. I feel like, you know, he's going to call him out on what the fuck happened, but it's like clear he's beat up and getting patched up. So he got in a fight. I, I, I hope you're right. I think I think I'm right. But that's because it's my opinion. Um, <laughs> so you know, I think to me, like that that moment between them, right, and that um, kind of tenderness and vulnerability showed showed to me that I, I think that their relationship has more longevity than I thought it might have at the beginning of this episode. That they're they're in a stronger place uh, because of the things they've been through um, than certainly than I thought they would be. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I think they're certainly in a uh, better place than Betty and Jughead are. Um, That's for sure. I think I think we will end up seeing that relationship kind of f- start to fizzle out, or maybe they'll end up talking about it. You know, uh, that's not unheard of on this show. Yeah, but I think uh, I I I think you're right. I think. I think Archie and Veronica is strengthening, and I think I think that's why it's going to be more painful when when they end up with an affair. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you know, then the uh, episode ends um, with them getting rid of the gun. You know, going back, going to the river, and actually getting rid of it. And um, you know, I thought this was you know we we all thought again right that Jughead's uh, voiceover was pretty poignant this episode. So I thought it would be appropriate to read some of it. Uh, so he said, and so the young lovers went back to where it all began, to Sweetwater River, to try and end the cycle of violence. We'd all come to think of that night, the night of the rumble, the night of the town hall, as a turning point. Riverdale would no longer be the town with Pep. From now on, it would be known as the town that dreaded sundown. And uh, in the spirit of that, we get uh, you know a pull-up on Betty, save it home in bed, and she gets a call from the Black Hood. From her Hello, dad. Betty. This is the Black Hood speaking. It's your father. Come take out the trash. <laughs> and by that, I mean the sinners of Riverdale. Right. <laughs> I need you to come finish my the work that I couldn't finish. I need you to come kill Fred Andrews is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I think, you know, Kale's laid out his theory pretty well. I don't know who the the killer is. I think it's a stranger. So that's where I'm at at this point. Mm. Marco, what are, what are your thoughts before we wrap up on this one? I haven't a clue, man. Like I don't, I don't even know. Like I, I, at this point, I could point fingers at literally everybody. Yeah, Archie had yeah. the Archie had the hood in his locker. Fuck, maybe it's Archie. <laughs> maybe maybe How Archie li- Archie's living like a, <laughs> a a strange like double double life, and because of like it really was just like a one off robbery, and then he's just living yeah. everything else. Yeah. I don't know, dude. He's He's got like traumatic, like PTSD that makes him black out and that go out so much. <laughs> I don't know. I, based on the way everything else is going, I, that would honestly surprise me a lot. 
<laughs> the only the only thing that, that I would hate more than that would be if uh, the conversation we had la- last week about Jughead sexuality became true. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So that's that's gonna wrap it up, I think, for this uh, conversation here on the Riverdale Review. So, uh, as always, you guys um, can connect with the show by writing in to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com and let us know what you guys thought about this week's episode. Uh, you know, or, you know, you guys can let us know in the comments below if you're on YouTube, if you're on SoundCloud. Um, if you want to hit us up on social media, we're at the Comics Pals everywhere your social media is sold. You can check out the Comics Pals every Monday on podcast platforms, Tuesdays on YouTube. Um, we've also got the Video Game Pals, Tuesdays on podcast platforms and Wednesdays on YouTube, if you guys are gamers. Um, and yeah, just check out some of our other content. We got good stuff. If you like this show, I think you'll like that sh- those shows too, because we're all charming and talented. Well, we're all, I mean, we're, we're okay. <laughs> yeah, at least. All right, guys, and make sure you tune into the show next week. We're going to have a very special guest, Miss Betty Felon, who is, um, you know, you might know from her work over at Comics Alliance or Geek.com. She'll be joining us in the booth to talk about uh, everything going on next week in Riverdale. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for this one. So, uh, pop, money's on the table.